Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you and we magnify your great name. We pray for all the many blessings that you continue to give us. We pray for the listeners of this week's podcast, and we pray for the new listeners. We lift up Ronald Howard as he recovers from surgery. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the good teacher, Jesus Christ, amen. My friends, the greatest teacher who ever lived was Jesus Christ as he used a variety of techniques to convey his message. So we start a new series on the teaching styles of Jesus. I will be using Luke's gospel for reference into the teaching activity of Jesus. In Luke 2nd chapter, verses 41 through 52, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. The Passover was one day and the most important feast on the Jewish calendar. It was followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which lasted seven days. The entire eight-day festival was sometimes called the Passover. All Jewish males were required to attend, and by the time of the New Testament, women also attended. Large groups would travel together from their villages to Jerusalem for safety and camaraderie with relatives and friends. Jesus is now 12 years old at the time, and after the feast, Mary and Joseph went home with the group, but Jesus stayed in Jerusalem without informing Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph traveled a full day before they looked for Jesus, and when they had not found him among their relatives, the next day they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. On the third day, they found him in the temple, which brings me to my first method of teaching by Jesus, listening and asking questions. Luke 2nd chapter verse 46 says, Now so after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Folks, the teachers of the law could recite the law and they loved to give their interpretation. The question and answer method of teaching was the preferred method that rabbis or teachers would convey knowledge to their students. Verse 47 says, And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. My brothers and sisters, even at age 12, Jesus understood the word because he was the word. Jesus did not begin his public ministry until 18 years later. Jesus also taught from Old Testament scripture reading as he did in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21, which reads, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery 
of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. My comrades for Christ, Jesus was a popular teacher, as he was teaching in other synagogues in Galilee, and now he had come home. The portion of the scripture that Jesus read came from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, a messianic passage. However, he stopped in the middle of verse 2, saying, to proclaim the year of the Lord, but he did not read about God's vengeance. It was the custom to stand and read the scriptures, then sit and give its meaning. When Jesus says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, he was claiming to be the Messiah who would bring the kingdom of God. My brothers and sisters, Jesus would often quote Old Testament scripture as they pointed to him. The trouble was, nobody from Nazareth believed that he was the Messiah, and neither did most of Israel. Another method that Jesus used to teach was demonstration. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, Jesus demonstrated his power to recruit Simon Peter, James, and John. Jesus used one of Peter's boats to teach because there were so many people who had come to hear him that he asked Peter to push the boat away from the land where the crowd was standing. After he finished speaking, he instructed Simon Peter to go out into the deep water, let down your nets, and catch some fish. Peter's response was, they had fished all night and caught nothing. Now folks, let me stop here. Peter was always quick with a response, and this time he had an excuse. Professional fishermen like Peter fish at night. You may be a professional in your chosen field, but when the master gives you a direction, obedience comes with a blessing. In this case, the obedience was Peter taking the boat out to the deep water and casting his net. The blessing was catching so many fish his net began to break. So Peter called his partners, James and John, to come help with the catch of fish. They caught so many fish, both boats began to sink. Before they got the boats to the shore, Jesus told Peter that he would make them fishers of men. The Bible says they forsook all and followed him. My friends, these men had a thriving business as fishermen, but they gave it all up to follow Jesus. Has he called you to follow him? Jesus would often use illustrations to teach. In Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 39, these words are recorded. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees? But yours eat and drink. And he said to them, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. My Christian friends, Jesus uses an illustration well known to all during that time period to respond to the new way he would do things versus the old way of John and the Pharisees. First, 
He tells them because of the joyous occasion of the wedding, the guests of the bridegroom do not fast. Jesus also gives a clue that he would be taken away to be crucified. And so the first illustration is feasting and fasting don't mix. Next, in verse 36, he tells the parable that you don't put a new patch on an old garment because it will shrink and tear and the tear will be worse. So, new patch and an old garment do not mix. Finally, Jesus says in verses 37 and 38 that you don't put new wine in old wineskins because the wine will ferment and break the old wineskins, then both will be lost. Jesus was telling the Pharisees that his way and the ways of the Pharisees are unmixable. Jesus also used rhetorical questions to teach as he did in Luke chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath to teach, and there was a man there with a withered right hand. Verse 7 says, So the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. Folks, I wonder how many Christians leave the church because the Pharisees are watching to see what you will do. Instead of worshiping God, they look to see what kind of suit you are wearing or not wearing, what kind of hat you might be wearing, who you brought to church. It's no wonder churches are closing each week. Pharisees are watching instead of praising. Now listen to how Jesus handles the Pharisees in verses 8 and 9. It says, But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to destroy? My comrades for Christ, the Pharisees had a mission to ensure the observance of the law according to their interpretations. Jesus had a mission to release the oppressed. According to the Pharisees, no work was to be done on the Sabbath and healing was considered work. Would Jesus heal on the Sabbath day? An exception to the no healing rule was that a person could be healed if the situation was life-threatening. When Jesus places the man center stage so that everyone could see him, now comes the question to the Pharisees in verse 9. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? Folks, Jesus heals the man to show that doing good on the Sabbath is a positive duty. In other words, the failure to perform good deeds on the Sabbath is evil. Now, my friends, what was evil was the Pharisees plotting what they might do to Jesus. In Mark's gospel, he says that they plotted to kill him. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus was the master teacher, and he used a variety of methods to teach truth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus and the way he was able to teach with understanding. We pray these things in the name of the bread of life, Jesus Christ, Amen. And if you would like to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, go to our website, which is hello at greatministries.org and type in the words, Jesus save me. Those words are your profession of faith. 
I will contact you to give you next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address. Again, hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.